The Toho guys enter a strange world where they find odd dreams, bizarre creatures, and some nice brothers who enjoy guitar and candy. You will not believe your eyes, but perhaps they can make some sense of Funky Forest. Coming up next. Hello and welcome to Toho Yaro, a monthly Japanese movie club podcast. I am your host for this month, Alex, and with me as always are Joey. Hey everybody. And Scott. Hello. And uh, this month we are covering Funky Forest, The First Contact from 2005. I think you, uh, one of you brought up in our chat, is also called uh, Naisu no Mori, um, aka oh, yeah. n- literally Nice Forest, right? Nice Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, every every uh, every thing I've read about this movie doesn't touch on that title at all. So uh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't know what that means. I, I wonder if Naisu is like a slang of some sort, like which is maybe why they. Uh, went with funky or something but I mean, yeah funky forest uh, is a fitting title i i and like joey says i guess nice is the the english nice is got mm-hmm. slightly yeah. different connotations in japan mm-hmm. yeah so so what this movie is basically uh is it's a series of vignettes that don't necessarily connect to each other but they're not unconnected either um they feature uh, a lot of the same characters, um, but it doesn't. It's never really uh, mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like the twenty-two short films about Springfield of uh, sci-fi <laughs> Shomin Geki. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, the biggest thing it reminded me of was Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh my mm. god, I totally had that written down in my in our Shall We Dance segment. <laughs> uh, Sorry so, for well, uh, can... popping it early. <laughs> No. Oh no, no, yeah, we can totally. definitely get to that. Yeah. I haven't I well yeah, we'll talk more about Kentucky Fried movie then. Uh um yeah, and I was trying to figure out what kind of genre this was and um sci fi I think is sci fi but also shomen geki. So like, you know, sort of everyday in Japan, but mm. not exactly your typical everyday, right? Um <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not. So uh this movie is interesting because it is uh it's got three directors. Um uh, it's directed by, uh, and each segment is directed by a different director. It's not, and some of them were present at all times, but uh, it's it sort of um, at, at at points becomes evident who directed what, uh, given given all their backgrounds. Um, so, uh, Katsuhito Ishii, Shunichiro Miki, and uh, Aniki um, are the three directors of the movie. Uh, Ishii, we have mentioned, of course, uh, on our Sharkskin Man and Peach Hip Girl episode. Uh, mm. The other movie that he is, uh, has famously done is uh, Taste of Tea, which uh, we will likely cover on Toho Yaro in the future. Um, and there are a lot of people in this movie who um, have been in Taste of Tea as well. Yeah. Uh, Miki. Uh, uh, so I watched the um, <laughs> I watched the behind the scenes uh, video that was included on the uh, the special features and. Um, uh, Everybody who is interviewed, uh, there's a whole bunch of talking heads. They basically interview every cast member uh, for mm. like about a minute, which is really cool. 
gets their thoughts on the whole process. And everybody who worked with Shinichiro Miki uh, had something uh, to say about him in regards to he is so weird. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, he is famously a weirdo. Um, and uh, he's famous for um, a movie called I Shouldn't Have Said Anything which I, I have not seen and I'm, my interest has peaked, uh, hmm. as well as um, Pucci Eva, Evangelion at Symbol School, which is a chibi, uh, a chibi Eva parody series based off of um, a manga. Might be for Koma, I'm not sure, or Yonkoma, however you... Mm-hmm. Uh, that one where it's just set in a high school? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's it's a uh, it's not an OAV but an, an uh, or an OVA. It's a um, ONA, which is original net animation. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's the uh, equivalent of a web cartoon. And um, he also did a movie called The Warped Forest, which also stars uh, Rinko Kikuchi uh, and Yoshi uh, Yoshiyuki Morishita, who are also present in this movie, which we will get mm-hmm. to. Um, and Aniki, who is also known as Hajimine Ishimine, directed, uh, uh, it's, it's called uh, 10.3, th- uh, 10.30, or 10.30, which also stars uh, Ryokase from this movie. Uh, so, from what I could gather, Aniki directed the uh, Noti and Takefumi segments. Miki hmm. directed all of the, like, weird Cronenbergian body horror and... <laughs> uh, alien like weird weirdy segments and uh ishii did the rest so Mm. um if you notice that each segment has its own particular look or feel blame the directors uh (laughs) they also definitely seem to fit though they fit together yeah pretty well this was definitely a a, a collaborative effort Mm -hmm. uh, between between the three of them uh the music is uh was done by Toru, Mid- Mid- uh, Toru Midorikawa, uh, who also scored The Taste of Tea. And uh, I'd rather talk about the music now and get it out of the way, because we're going to be, t- uh, like, really, really quickly, just because we're probably going to be talking about it for some of the later segments. But uh, it is uh, it is all over the place, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the... Uh, I don't know if this was, I mean, this was probably intentional, but the movie itself is arranged sort of like a mixtape or an album. Mm. Uh, they're arranged um, on side A, then a three-minute intermission, then side B. Uh, so, uh, and and the, the segments are somewhat recurring, so what I'm probably going to do then is go through the, uh, the cast based by segment. Okay. Um, so let's go through the cast now and then we'll go through the actual movie. Uh, I even wrote down a, a playlist. Um, so I thought, yeah, I thought that we would, we would potentially do this out of order, but the more I thought about it, like it just makes sense just to keep on trucking. Mm. Uh, so, uh, the, in the guitar brother segments, um, mm-hmm. we have several, uh, Toho Yaro, uh, alumni. Uh, the first of course being Susumu Terajima, um, who plays, a. Uh, Katsuichi uh, Tanaka, the uh, eldest guitar brother, or, or rather the eldest unpopular with women brother. Uh, <laughs> guitar brother is, uh, of course, Tadanobu Asano. Uh, uh, and um, we, we've seen him in uh, a lot of our stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Tarajima, uh, for for newer listeners, um, he, he collaborates with uh, Beat Takeshi a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And he's been in quite a few of our... Uh, of the movies we've covered. Um, 
Uh, Taro Nobusano, of course, uh, was the lead character in Shark Skin Man and Peach Hip Girl, so he has worked with Ishii before. Um, and the third uh, unpopular woman brother, the, the youngest, uh, is Andrew Alfieri, uh, who plays Masao. Um, he is uh, 100 uh, He's basically uh, an American kid, and they coached him through his lines. Uh, I was wondering about every that. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was, I was wondering during the first scene, but then it became very clear he was just—he had no idea what anybody was saying. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, I, they kind of touch on this in the behind-the-scenes, uh, behind-the-scenes segments. Um, he said uh, they interview him, and he says um, in, in plain English, he said it was hard because he had to quote unquote remember all the lines and had to put on clothes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I and I wonder if he was paid in Snickers bars because he has always eaten one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> poor kid. But he, it seemed that he had a very good time, and uh, they seemed very nice to him on set, and he was very cordial as well. Uh, so the uh, the Noti and Takefumi uh, segments, the NNT segments. Um, Noti is played by uh, Erica uh, Nishikado or Erica Simon uh, in in some credits that she uh, has done. And uh, this is her, her first movie. And she was also in the live action Cutie Honey movie. Hmm. Uh, her partner in crime in these segments, uh, Takefumi is played by uh, the aforementioned Yokaze. He has a huge contemporary resume. Um, most notably, he won Best Actor at the uh, 2007 Hochi Film Awards and the 2007 Blue Ribbon Awards um, for uh, I Just Didn't Do It, a film by a, uh, Masayuki Suo, who, of course, uh, did Shall We Dance. Mm. Um, oh, cool. So, a yeah, little little uh, Toho Yaro connect the dots there. Yeah. Um, the babbling hot spring vixens. Um, that <laughs> that particular segment. Um, of course, Terajima is in those. Um, but we also have uh, Chico, the company president, who's played by Chiriz, uh, Chizuru, uh, Chizuru uh, Ikewaki, and uh, you will know her as Kie in the movie Shoplifters. Mm. And uh, yeah. she and she'll be playing a character named uh, Sitsuko Tak- uh, Takano in Welcome Back Torasan later this year. Oh, cool! Yep. Uh, then there's Miko, played by Machiko Ono. Her credits include Taste of Tea and the live-action Kiki's Delivery Service, which I did not know that was a thing um, until <laughs> until uh, researching that. And it's pretty uh, cute. yeah, yeah, I saw the poster. Um, I want to see it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Kazue uh, Fukishi plays Nico. Um, she has an extensive TV career and she won the award for best supporting actress at the 28th Yokohama film festival for what the snow brings Tagami, and memories of tomorrow. So very accomplished actress. Um, uh, there is so many people in the rest of these, so I'm just going to go through some of the notable ones, uh, after school, um, in the after school segment, uh, with the badminton, uh, coach and, uh, the oh, yeah. body horror stuff, uh, the health teacher is, uh, is Kanji Tsuda, uh, Kanji Tsuda. Uh, he's a Toho Yaro alum, uh, believe it or not. He was in Shin Godzilla, Zatoichi, the new one. And, um, for anybody who is familiar with Kamen Rider, he played. He had uh, played um, Daisuke Okuba in several Kamen Rider series, so hmm. means nothing to me. But uh, <laughs> perhaps yeah, I wonder which uh, which writer he originated from. I don't know. Yes, um, and uh, in the interview segments, he said that uh, he. Um, uh, 
I mentioned to director Ishii that Miki is really weird, and he calmly agreed with me. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, Kotaro Shiga uh, plays Minami-chan, uh, the guy with the uh, stuff in his pants, <laughs> um, the bloodsuckers in his pants. Uh, this is apparently his fourth collaboration with uh, with Miki, including commercials. And um, uh, he was uh, also in Taste of Tea. And um, he says that he has no idea where uh, he gets his ideas, uh, referring to Miki, I believe. Um, homeroom with 15 exclamation points. Uh, there are two cast members that I would like to uh, talk about, one of which is uh, Rinko Kikuchi, who uh, U.S. listeners may be familiar with if they've seen Pacific Rim, because she mm-hmm. plays Makomori. Uh, she is also in uh, Taste of Tea, and uh, I believe, uh, what was that movie I mentioned earlier? Warped Forest. Um, so it was yeah, cool I'm seeing curious. a familiar face. Yeah, definitely. I've never seen her in a Japanese film. I'm just <laughs> familiar with her from Pacific Rim, so it was nice uh, to see her here. Yeah, uh, she reportedly had a lot of fun making the movie. Uh, and uh, Yoshiyuki Morishita plays Morishita, the uh, the singles picnic guy, um, and a music teacher who gets his shoes scuffed. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That guy's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's wild. Um, he's appeared in more than eighty films since nineteen ninety six, including Wild Zero, oh, uh, nice. Taste of Tea, and also Sharkskin Man and Peach Chip Girl. So uh, we've seen him before, apparently. Um, and uh, I'm going to mention two more from the Anime Brothers segment. Uh, we got to we got to talk about Hideaki Anno, oh, yeah. Hasuda, uh, aka he's basically just playing himself here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And uh, and uh, his partner is played by Iki Todoroki, who was the AD on Shin Godzilla. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, listeners who are just tuning in, of course, Hideaki Anno created Neon Genesis Evangelion and also directed Shin Godzilla. Um, Todoroki uh, is a huge Evangelion fan, and he uh, d- uh, directed on um, uh, Ava 3.0. And uh, there's a video in the back, sta- uh, the behind the scenes bits where uh, Anno is signing his Evangelion box set. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, he AD'd on Shin Godzilla as well, so he worked alongside Anno uh, before, or, or I guess rather after this, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really interesting. They they seem to have formed a a bit of a friendship. All right, so the movie itself is fucking bonkers, and. Um, <laughs> It lets you know this immediately by uh, beginning with a Manzai act. Um, it's sort of like uh, the Mole Brothers, I believe. Um, I think two of them are two of them are two out of three of the directors, and this is a an uh. act that they've done since college, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I love how these are all like interconnected and kind of connect to their other bodies of work. It's it's really neat to see that web of people who've worked together and continue to work together mm-hmm. like yeah that. yeah um so the mole brothers segments are are uh i would say decidedly not funny um, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i laughed point. at the at the mecca imitation part oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah yeah you know foreign humor is a weird thing because sometimes you can lock in and even if it's not the kind of humor you're used to it can like kind of like you can get over on it and it suddenly is amazing and awesome but sometimes it just doesn't click with you i don't know Mm -hmm. or at least that's the way it is with me i feel like this specifically is supposed to not be that funny yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it goes on for a little bit, which is funny because the movie is very long. <laughs> it's like a two and a half hour long movie. Um, so after, uh, mole brothers, uh, and their first segment, it appears that we, uh, this is just a, a sort of, I guess, the framing device is that we're watching TV inside of a little Astro egg. There's a little spaceman who is watching, uh, mm-hmm. watching the Mole Brothers and switching channels, and then flies off in his little, little tiny flagella propellered uh, space egg. It's um, so like it's such a fascinating design. It's not really like anything else in popular sci-fi stuff. Yeah, it, it's it sort of reminds me of what a Tamagotchi looks like, <laughs> like uh, just very eggish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say space, I mean like inverse space because everything is like white and there's rocks flying everywhere. And it's best not to think about it too hard. Uh, and the Mole Brothers, of course, will return because uh, in between each segment, uh, you can tell uh, how segments are broken up because there are little eye catches where Mole Brothers will either come in and do a thing or you'll see some uh, supplements from um, the segment that you just saw or uh, or other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it did really feel like a TV special uh, yeah. or like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which actually made it really easy to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, so after after the uh, the opening, we go to our first segment, Little Hataru. Um, this is a very short segment. Uh, basically, a, the little girl from Taste of Tea. Um, I couldn't find her name. Uh, Maya Bano. Uh, that's Maya Bano. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, she um, she's in space, I guess. Well, she's <laughs> the same space that we saw this little floating egg, and she appears to be telekinetically controlling these black orbs. And, um, sooner or later we see her back at her desk. And, uh, when I was watching this, I wrote down that, like, this could possibly be uh, an allegory for procrastination (laughs) thinking that like, oh, this is going to be some deep movie. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my impression was like, I, the, the Kentucky fried movie comparison came pretty early, but I was like, is is this some, uh, crap. I can't remember the director's name now. And I was like, is this some Holy Mountain shit going on? Like, what is this? Uh, Jodorowsky. Yeah, Jodorowsky. Mm. Um, And yeah, because it's just so bizarre and silent and then striking visuals. But yeah, she's like, I'm under the impression she's training psychic powers under the tutelage of whatever that blob thing in the corner is. And when she's (laughs) um, mean to him, he hits her in the head with one of the black orbs. Before she goes back to studying. Yep. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a short segment, it's cute. She'll show up again later. Uh next is the uh is Guitar Brother One. I I've been calling it Guitar Brother One, of course. Guitar Brother. Uh oh, uh yeah, so my playlist includes uh, the side A and side B. So we've started side A. Uh and uh, the first Guitar Brother segment uh, introduces us to the unpopular women brothers, uh, Katsubishi, uh, Masaru, and Masao Tanaka. And um, Masaru and uh, Masao are in uh, their room, and Masaru is playing. Uh, he's, he's, he's basically pouring his heart out into a song. Uh, and uh, The Sea of Space is My Sea, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Um, and 
he's continually told by uh, his his brother uh, Masao, who is a, a, a portly young American child. <laughs> uh, he is continu- he continually tells him in Japanese that they, they that they suck, basically. よく分かんないよ、僕。よく分かんない僕じゃなくてよく分からないわ、私だろ、女なんだから。分かんないよ、バカ。なんだよ、俺真面目にやってんのかちゃんと答えろよ。やれよ。いや。Yeah. Um,
I don't no, know it's that nice. the music itself was lame. I think his mixing of the two tracks was what she was mm. saying, calling lame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these, the, I like these segments. Uh, Takfumi and, and Nachi are both very attractive and it's cute and sweet, even though it's kind of creepy because he was her uh, teacher shortly before mm-hmm. whenever this happened. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, he doesn't look that much older than her, actually. No, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's that much impropriety. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It looks like they were contemporaries, and he just happens to know more English. Um, uh, oddly enough, uh, Rio Kase was born in the United States. He's born in Was- uh, Bellevue, Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, can speak English fluently. So, um, it accounts for why his English did sound pretty good um, in this scene. Uh, so the next one, um, I. What, the next segment is, um, it's not labeled as a Guitar Brother uh, segment, but it features the eldest uh, unpopular woman brother, uh, Katsuishi, and he basically tries to do a dance, uh, and it's really weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it to this part. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I like him putting on his Oni face. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part, is, is watching him trying to maintain that expression. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, this isn't the last we see of Tarajima, of course, um, because he shows up in the next uh, segment. Um, well, the next segment is the babbling hot springs vixens. Uh, there's there's three in a row. Uh, the first one is Alien Pico Rico, and and the thing with the babbling hot springs vixens is that they are all uh, they are they're all um, colleagues uh, in a uh, company, and they go to a ryokan to just kind of unwind and they go back and forth and tell each other really ridiculous stories that uh sort of end comically for the most part um the first one of course uh nico talks about alien picorico um and these are these are all of course secondhand stories um but they're all very i so my i I love these segments just because they seem genuinely interested and Mm -hmm. um amused at what they're talking about yeah, you can really feel like just similar to what I was saying with the Guitar Brothers. You really feel the like relationship uh, between the three of them. It feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. This also yeah. feels like maybe the most the, the closest to an actual real sitcom of like these characters that are friends, just kind of like chatting and being silly with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So they talk about Ian Pico Rico, then they talk about the big ginkgo tree, and then Buck Naked and the Panda. Um, <laughs> Which then, uh, since it's not a funny story, it then erupts in an v- incredibly violent pillow fight that the uh, the innkeepers have to come in and stop, which was super funny. <laughs> yeah, I lost uh, it when they ran in to try to separate them. <laughs> really, really funny. Um, all the while, uh, uh, Tarajima's character, uh, Katsuichi, is there, um, sort of celebrating his birthday by himself. Uh, in the meantime... Uh, he plays ping pong by himself, squash style, and uh, I believe he invites Nico to this uh, singles, uh, the singles picnic. Um, and uh, in the third Vixens segment, she even mentions uh, that she was invited to this singles picnic. Um, 
and keep that in mind because it's going to come up again and again until we actually get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is a cool thing about this about this movie is that it sort of does lead somewhere, kind of. Uh, so after the uh, the Hot Springs Vixens, um, we are treated to another Guitar Brother segment where um, uh, Masaru is playing guitar again, except it's much shittier. Uh, and <laughs> Masao seems to like it a whole lot more, and he says, "Sweet," like <laughs> over and over. Hands him a Snickers bar. It's it's very cute. Uh, the second uh, Nochi and Takifumi uh, is one of the longest segments in the movie. And it's just entitled Takafumi's dream. So he's falling. He's fallen asleep. And um, man, this is wild. Uh, yeah. Like this is a really, really wild, um, wild scene. Uh, so for the most part, a, a oh, man. There's this really interesting boombox type set that's set up on this beach, and uh, he's he's mixing music and there there's dancing and an floating anime head and i am <laughs> not giant going to propeller breast lady yeah, oh, yeah. i'm not yeah yeah that who's uh, played by nochi i believe no, no, no not no. that the, the, the cartoon the lady <laughs> yeah 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 nochi yeah, should yeah, just yeah. get this like like vape alien hoodie thing uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's like vinyl yeah. and she's got like a bullet slash shark fin face Mm-hmm. With an eye and a, and an X on it that looks super cool. Yeah, I, I, it might be. A, I think I the dream is sort of a response to you know Nuchi telling him that it was a lame mix earlier, and I think this is just where his brain was going. Um, but yeah, the giant animated propeller lady. Uh, the animation in this movie is bonkers good. <laughs> um, yeah, and bonkers. Yeah. Period. Yeah. But yeah, the whole premise uh, of that segment is that uh, Dochi shows up and and keeps telling Takfumi, "Show me, da- show me your dancing." Yeah, and like keeps trying to dance along with these random characters that show up, um, two little girls, and then a whole bunch of people doing Chinese reggae music, mm-hmm. which is super bizarre. Uh, and then the anime propeller lady that was like part like the the animation style reminded me of Redline um but she also kind of reminds me of like the diamonds from Steven Universe oh yeah oh yeah uh and then yeah, he has I to get that too. then he has to dance along with just the head um the, I thought that was really awesome because him and the head were kind of in sync like mm-hmm. you could have like put the head on the top body. yeah yeah I thought that was like that all in all a very very fun entertaining segment um, the, uh, I noted that the, the dancer, uh, the, um, the guy who had the bleach blonde hair who's dancing, he's mm-hmm. a, a gentleman named, uh, uh, Kaiji Moriyama. And, um, he apparently is, a is a, a professional dancer that, um, that, uh, was, was found first and then they decided to, um, uh, figure out that uh, the dancing after after the fact. Just figure out um, how to work him into the movie. Yeah, uh, and he, yeah, he's apparently like fil- uh, like internationally famous too. Oh, cool. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, flipping um, through the extras, I I saw that it seemed like uh, Terajima's dance that he did was also like professionally choreographed. Oh yeah, yeah. This movie had a chore uh, uh, like a like a dance choreograph- uh, choreographer. Um, didn't write down the name because. 
hey, there's only so much research I can do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, really cool stuff. Um, uh, after, after this there, uh, oh yeah, they filmed this all night long. They filmed it basically on one night, uh, this entire segment, as soon as it turned dark, they just kind of filmed until morning, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah. In the behind the scenes segments, they show, uh, they show all this during the day, which is cool. Uh, cause you get to see the, um, the big boombox set, the, t- those two giant speakers just sort of floating there. Um, yeah, they're really cool. And they're like connected by this car in the middle that, uh, it's like headlights will come on and stuff sometimes to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the intermission happens and, and, uh, it has a timer. It's a very matter of fact intermission. Uh, and when we come back from the intermission, it's side B and, uh, and here we go with uh, all all the great Shinichiro Miki. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is where it really goes off the rails for sure. <laughs> and it's so funny because generally, like the side, like when you think about how a record is is produced, like all the B sides are generally like the weirder, mm. like more experimental stuff. Yeah, you put yeah. the singles on side A. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then we go to side B and things get like a whole lot a whole lot wilder. Uh, so the, uh, the first segment side B is called want to go for a drink. Um, so a school girl wanders into, uh, wanders into a school and there is a, a guy sort of looks like a Teletubby, um, <laughs> with a long, uh, a long tentacle type thing where his, uh, where his groin is. Um, and he just keeps saying, pull me. <laughs> And uh, she eventually does, and um, it looks like some sort of spell is broken, and his buddy comes out, and his buddy's dressed like, you know, uh, like he needed to dress like this in order for uh, for an outcome to happen, uh, like they're performing some sort of ritual or I, I couldn't quite <laughs> I couldn't like quite when, follow it. She kept kind of being like, am I being filmed? Like she kept thinking she was on like a candid camera type TV sh- series. Yeah. And like yeah. the guy who runs out kind of looks like a TV host. So it it starts and they act like a Monzai team. So like yeah. it really does like keeps kind of giving you this feeling like, is she like on a prank TV show or something? Which when, yeah. when she pulls that tentacle, doesn't his face change? Like is it a, does, yeah. a different actor now? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the dude that runs out is dressed in like shorty shorts. He looks like a like six foot tall man wearing Clarion the Witch Boys outfit and hair. <laughs> I was going to say um, uh, Eddie Munster. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or, 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 or same uh, character. <laughs> yeah. Or or like Detective Conan. But he suddenly becomes an adult even yeah. wearing his kid clothes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um so then it pro- progresses to get weirder. Um, they, uh, in order for this ritual to keep happening, uh, they put a, a tube in her belly button that sort of acts like a, a weird ultrasound thing, um, but a giant what looks to look what looks to uh, like they have a screen attached to her belly button, basically through like this little hose. She seems fine with it. Um, and on the screen appears, uh, I want to say it's a belly button, but it looks a whole lot like a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and, fleshy um, aperture. Yeah, a fleshy aperture. Yes, that's 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 perfect. Uh, 
you know, uh, an asterisk and they reach inside <laughs> and uh, they eventually pull out a, a tiny sushi chef by the name of Yamada. Um, and uh, God, what happens this is after all this? to save their home planet or something that they've explained yeah. to her. Yes. So yeah, that's why she's on save, board. Yes. It's, it's to save planet Pico Rico, which sort of uh, uh, calls to back the to yeah, yeah. And Pico Rico. Um, and I thought that was like, oh, uh, that's a, that's actually kind of a fun. Uh, I, I was a lot better with it after that. Like, OK, this is sort <laughs> of connected. Um, I kind of loved when they pulled back his like Teletubby mask or whatever. And he, it's not oh, a God. mask. It's, it's just not, a it's like, gross. Uh, it's yeah. a part of him. Yeah. Guys, this movie is gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of about to get grosser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the sushi chef just hold it like takes five minutes to unwrap this note that just says like everything's fine. Yeah. And then they do the reveal of like, like that's supposed to be a punchline. And then they announce themselves as the shorty trio, which is a callback because when we're introduced to the mole brothers, uh, they're like the shorty trio has just finished on stage and they're like, everybody give it up for the the shorty trio. Here's the mole brothers. Mm. So it's a callback to the, like the very beginning of the movie as if these guys were on the show right before. Yeah. And I think all of that was a, that was sort of, uh, it was being recollected by, uh, by little Hataru, right? Or no, it was the, the, the guy from the mole brothers. Oh, that's right. Yes. Like proposing. (laughs) Right. And then he ends with want to go for a drink, right? That's a, that's the, yeah, that was the, yeah, that's the title. His proposal is rejected. Yeah. Uh, by the girl, by the woman being like, yeah, so that's, that's why I can't marry you. I'm just not attracted to you physiologically. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, next segment is, uh, one of my favorites. I love this. I would watch a gajillion of these. It's homeroom with like 50 exclamation points. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a homeroom class that is filled with all sorts of characters who are all in the movie um, at different points uh, of varying ages and heights. And um, they, uh, they've, uh, the, each segment begins the same. They've wedged an eraser uh, up. It's like one of those, you know, it's a Japanese school room. So there's a sliding door and they've wedged an eraser in between the door and the frame. And so when, the teacher who is uh, Katsuichi, um, aka Tarajima. He's he's back again. He's all over this movie. Um, mm-hmm. he, he that's his actual profession. He's a teacher. Uh, he walks in, almost gets hit with it, and he kind of berates them or congratulates them either way. Um, and then he calls up uh, he, he calls up a particular student each time, and has that and have them present to the class or I guess teach the class or do something. It's it's weird, but it's really fun. Uh, the first one is Yasuda's turn. Um, I don't quite remember what happens in this one, but I did laugh. He's blaming uh, someone for stealing his shoe. That's right. <laughs> that's what he does the entire time. Uh, the second homeroom is Kikuchi's turn. Uh, the class president, played, of course, by Rinko Kikuchi. Um, and uh, she's sort of uh, teaching the class greetings, and then it sort of gets really, uh, it gets too personal, where... Uh, uh, I guess she sort of becomes um, 
uh, how do you call it? Uh, what's the word? Um, she, it, her greetings, uh, become like, Oh, you like me? Like that mm. kind of like, uh, more it's, response. It sounds like she's like having some kind of weird breakdown about dating the teacher in front of the whole class. And, right. And the teacher is just like, what, what is going on? Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop being weird. And she the, says, uh, I have to be weird. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's almost like saying, uh, well, we're in this movie. There's no way I'm not going to be weird. Uh, and the third homeroom is Yoshiko's turn and she gets up and she speaks backwards Japanese. Um, and uh, I in the behind the scenes uh, bit, um, yeah, that's actually her speaking Japanese. It's something she can do, which is really cool. Nice. Um, so each each homeroom uh, segment um, is broken up by two other segments, of course. Like in between each homeroom segment, there's a different segment. So after the first homeroom, uh, we have the third Guitar Brother segment, uh, which is um, which happens uh, in uh, in Masaru in Masao's room during Katsuichi's dance from earlier, um, which I thought was really funny. Uh, he's helping Masao with his homework, and they're kind of making fun of their brother. Oh yeah, because uh, they can they can hear him dancing in the other room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, and uh, after the second homeroom is uh, <laughs> is youth's classroom. Uh, and man, this one is crazy. Uh, so Kikuchi Ugh. and um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just like uh, it's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it, it yeah, it's definitely gross, but I can't help but be. Uh, very impressed by the by the puppets. Um, so uh, Kikuchi's talking with, I believe that's a Taru, uh, just sort of shooting the shit um, while they're casually um, pulling apart these weird <clears throat> these weird creatures that are like mostly a nose, but also have like hair coming out of them. And she's like pulling on some stuff and. And getting and just sort of grooming them, and you're not. It's not really clear what is happening. Um, then these two other boys are doing something similar with these other creatures that are absolutely terrifying. Uh, one, he's sort of hugging it. It kind of looks like a baby Bjorn, like a big fleshy baby Bjorn. Um, and uh, the other student is helping helping him uh, insert one of its. Uh, Prabas guy into his butt sort of it's there's no it's, sort of about it he is there's like a <laughs> flap for it and he is just like plugging it into the kid's butt so he can play this weird body head crab monstrosity yeah it is a head crab isn't it like you see the other one on the ground and it's got like it's it's like that's probably the grossest thing to me is, is it's got like the fluid is everywhere and you see it's like little <laughs> tiny uh, like bug mouth, um, and then uh, and then you see the third puppet, which is basically a pair of breasts with a giant penis with like uh, <laughs> a whole bunch of heads attached to it. Um, uh, it sort of looks like a tree, and um, the heads have these little tiny bodies that are basically just like tentacles um, that look like penises. Uh, 
and um, the one guy teaches the other guy that like, oh, you have to have all the faces look the same. In order for that, you need to massage this bit, and it's sort of where the dicks <laughs> should be. Yeah. Um, and then after all is said and done, uh, we see uh, Morishita, um, who, by the way, we we see um, a little bit earlier in one of the eye catches, and he's just singing to himself, "Singles Day Picnic, Singles Day Picnic." Um, <laughs> Or singles picnic, rather. And uh, um, so uh, everybody blows like blows on their little creatures, and they just make a very uh, normal noise, normal music. Uh, <laughs> for about <laughs> like three on, seconds. Yeah, for just three seconds. And then he's like, okay, that, and Morishita says, okay, that's a wrap. And everybody's like super excited. Like they just won the World Series and they start storming him. And then he starts really freaking out because somebody scuffed his shoe. And uh, this part was apparently improvised, like all of his, um, hmm. uh, all of his, uh, you know, yelling and, and, what ha- and whatnot. Um, uh, and the behind the scenes, you can really see him go for it, which is super funny. Uh, like there, it's sort of unscripted. Most of the movie, sort of like a uh, Kirby enthusiasm or home movies or something like that, where yeah. they're given a general idea of the script. Um, and there is some dialogue, but, um, uh, much of it is improvised. Um, and this was one of the examples of that. Uh, yeah, I so can ap- believe it definitely yeah. Yeah, feels that way. Yeah. Uh, so after, um, after that is the anime brothers segment. Um, um, so I do want to uh, just real quick uh, before we move off of the home yeah, rooms. Yeah. Uh, I just have to note that when there's, I think once or twice they do these like poses, and uh, I gotta mention that uh, Ano <laughs> is always doing an Ultraman pose um, oh, yeah. because he's a big nerd. Um, <laughs> so that it was great to see like all these kids doing their poses, and he's like, "Now it's time for me to show off my stuff. I can do the Ultraman pose." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's front and center in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very, uh, you can definitely tell who it is. Um, yeah, and he's right next to like a tiny girl who like looks possible. Like, I think it's just because it's a tiny girl sitting next to an adult man. But for a minute, I was like, has she been shrunken digitally like the <laughs> tiny uh, chef guy? You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In the classroom, you can see all sorts of people, including uh, characters that show up in uh, Nochi's Dream later. Um, with the headphones and the mm-hmm. and the gauntlets, uh, so Anime Brothers. Speaking of Hideaki Anno, Hideaki Anno, um, uh, so we are uh, we're in a room with uh, with Masaru, and he's talking with with Anno, uh, and um, and uh, and uh, Ikitoroki's character, whose name I don't remember, and uh, it starts with Anno basically just sort of um, ranting about uh about how kids these days only care about the art and anime and how it needs more motion mm-hmm. uh and how they're all they all su- kids these days suck and i i'm almost inclined to agree with them actually uh <laughs> it's like as long as something has motion um then i am all for uh you know this thing that's animated um so they have a uh the three of them sort of have a, a conversation about how the animation director for the anime that they are currently working on right now is a dog um <laughs> which we will see later. Uh, and, uh, Basari has, has, um, saw this guy before this, um, Adno's partner in a, uh, on a bar. Um, they, they sort of like 
you know, have some conversation and, uh, the meat, the meat of this, of course, is the, is the animated sequence, which, which follows this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say this segment is one of my least favorite. Maybe I, it, I kind of dragged for me a little bit. Yeah. Wasn't that interested. Um, it's you know, I love Ono except- and I, you know, I love the idea of having him in here talking about animation and having them kind of do sort of absurdist stuff with the dog and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. And it's funny that, uh, you mentioned, I, uh, right. Um, last, uh, like I think after we recorded the last show, you mentioned that Ano isn't a very good actor, and it's kind of nice that he's sort of able to just play himself in this. Mm-hmm. I really love his performance in um, The Wind Rises, but it is like kind of weird and stilted. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I like that about it. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I should mention there's that big-headed puppet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't get, but uh, apparently Shinichiro Miki is behind that mask, hmm. uh, the Mr. Hadano puppet. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, after so after Anime Brothers, um, oh, I guess I should mention that uh, we're, we we are led into uh, the next segment sort of by what Masaru says. He says, "Oh, by the way, my brother is having a singles picnic. You guys should come." Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next day, of course, is the sing- is the day of the singles day picnic that, or the day of the singles picnic rather, uh, is the next segment. And all basically all the male, male characters that we've seen thus far are there. Um, and Morishita complains that this is a sausage fest, and he gets really <laughs> bent out of shape about it. Um, and there's also a really fun dance sequence. Yeah, um, I love that dance sequence by one of the people there. Um, a little, little, uh, little fun note there. Um, the gentleman who dances, uh, his name is uh, Minigishi. Was um, uh, that's his real name, uh, and he was first t- seen on TV by Ishii. Uh, he is an eight, uh, an eight-time top ten dance champion of Japan. Hmm. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kept yeah. being like is this a character? Did he show up earlier and I missed him? (laughs) But um, yeah, this part, it's kind of disappointing that the lady, not even the lady showed up uh, that he invited because uh, the Terry seemed excited. She seemed so excited about it. So like it leaves you to kind of wonder like if she got held up or if she just lost interest or what, but like, uh, you know, it it definitely gives you that uh, Charlie Brown pulling the football out. uh, Sad (laughs) vibe that they are definitely going for. Oh, I should also mention that mention that uh, Nochi uh, runs by, and that she um, sort of starts off the movie. Uh, she's in one of the earlier segments, sort of running through the park, and then she mm-hmm. sort of uh, she sort of lays down on the grass and says a bunch of nonsense words to herself. Um, so she returns, and I, I suppose this is in the same park that she runs in. So bringing that back. Uh, and I also noted that she has a really awesome jacket. Uh, it has the Dole logo, except it doesn't say Dole. It says dope. Yeah. I um, love that jacket. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of really, really good really clothes in, uh, Takafumi and Nachi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Takafumi has got the thanks Tony shirts, uh-huh. which are really great. Um, yeah, I just had to bring those up cause, uh, yeah, this movie pertinent. in general, like looks like it's definitely like, I, kind of the height of me being interested in like contemporary Japanese pop culture was this era, this sort of like mid to mid two thousands to kind of like maybe pre 2010 or something. And so I was seeing a lot of these like bright 
uh, this has a lot of these like bright colors and like English words on things and, and uh, definitely like reflects uh, some stuff that I was really like into about Japanese uh, pop culture and fashion and stuff at this time period. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, at the end of the Singles Day Picnic, we see Pero, the uh, the aforementioned dog who is directing the uh, anime. <laughs> called the transfer student and then we see it and it's bonkers and it looks awesome uh it yeah it's all done uh, it's not colored but it's all in pencil and it's fabulous um it's absolutely great Um, yeah it looked so cool i i felt like i wasn't completely understanding it like it seems that it it like plays with tropes right but that yeah. possibly I'm not completely familiar with those tropes or, it, or understanding the perspective in which they're being subverted. I don't know. I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a tough time with this because there are certain types of animation and this is one of them that I just feel weirdly unsettled and grossed out by. <laughs> so it's is tough for me to get through this, especially once the, the cop teacher showed up. Yeah, this is oh very God. like liquid, this is very like liquid <laughs> television, uh, cartoon sushi. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember Mr. Paddle Coon. That's my uh, that was my <laughs> takeaway. Yeah, that's yeah verbatim what he says. Um, so the tr- uh, so after that is after school club, which is uh, for my money the weirdest segment in the entire movie. Uh, I kind of love it because it's so weird. Like as, as you sort of mentioned, Mm -hmm. Joey, this is sort of like in in terms of like my, uh, you know, J film upbringing. Like this is why I watch Japanese movies because they were so weird or Mm. they they could get this weird. And, um, this like takes the cake. This is like the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, (laughs) uh, so Masaru is a part-time badminton coach. Um, so he's coaching, uh, uh, her name is Nana, and um, she's not really playing badminton. <laughs> she's sort of, uh, how do I put this? Uh, so there's a guy named Minami. He comes out, and he sits on a chair with a hole in it, and um, a little, well, it looks like a, it looks like a speed bag. <laughs> Um, it looks like and, a boss's weak point from something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, Yoshi's Island, the the frog's yeah. uvula. Yeah, yeah, it yeah the, uvula drops down. Yeah, it, it it evokes like, are these his testicles? Is this his like butt turning inside out and and hanging out? Like, there's yeah. a lot of grossness. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so that comes down. He takes off his shirt and he's got two. Where his nipples should be, they're very similar to the long proboscis uh, that the the weird tree people had that sort of looked like penises. Uh, they are very phallic, um, and he squirts, I want to say milk, but yeah, I don't it's, it's know. It's milk and juice. He's hitting the buttons on there like it's one of the like dispensing machines like you'd see. Oh, right, mm-hmm. right, 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 yeah. Just uh, like... Uh, just like he has in that episode of, or in that, uh, truck yarrow. Truck yarrow. Yeah. Oh With my God. Juice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's one of those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So she swats at them and then they bring out the blood sucker. And, uh, Minami says my favorite line ever, like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm the blood, like, uh, let's see if you can, you know, take on the blood sucker or something like that. It's very, 
it, it's very uh, confrontational. And he's got uh, pants full of these weird hedgehog-looking ball thingies. They're gooey and gross, and uh, he's throwing them at, at her, and she keeps swatting them away or missing them with her badminton uh, uh, dealie. Racket. Racket. Yeah. <laughs> badminton dealie. And uh, one of them opens up and turns into this weird fucking... Oh, God. How would you describe this thing? Like uh, A Minoc. <laughs> It it's a Minoc. <laughs> it turns into a Minoc and sort of scurries away and um it eventually attaches itself to uh Nana's armpit. And uh they bring in the health teacher who like this is the like this scene sort of made me feel uncomfortable just because of how like careful he was being and it felt it actually felt like he was performing some sort of surgery mm. um but he's like he's peeling off he basically peels off the minox skin and attached to her armpit is this uh it's one of those tree people uh with that, so the long proboscis attached to the head attached to uh you know just a couple let's not beat around the bush dicks uh <laughs> Just all these and, long uh, fleshy tubes. Fleshy tubes, yeah. Just there we fle- go. Ugh, they're they're everywhere. Fleshy tubes. Yeah. So, um, the health teacher has seen this before. He knows exactly what to do. He berates the flesh monster. Uh, that's my um, favorite part. It's super <laughs> I love funny. Him berating that bloodsucker. Like, yeah. I I you know um, I I wasn't super down with all the gross creature stuff. Uh, but I loved this part where he's just like screaming at it and telling it that it's dumb and bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of reminds me of um, the uh, the Dragon Ball Fusion movie where um, Paikuan has to break the barrier by cursing at it. <laughs> yes. By calling it names and stuff. Yeah. Which is my favorite part of that movie also. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> eventually... Um, he braids it enough in that he takes his little his main his main fleshy tube and peels it back and there is a stamp uh a a name stamp um within it and i i guess so in in japan uh i believe it's customary to have your your name on a stamp yeah like it's in, like your signature the kanji. yeah it's like a yeah. legal signature thing Yes. And um, the so what you have to do is you have to braid it until it gets embarrassed and then peels itself off or, or rather um, pops off. And the thing that embarrasses him the most is that he his name is Yamada, this big, this big, bad <laughs> bloodsucker whose name is Yamada, which is I mean, we've already seen another character in this na- in this movie named Yamada. So, you know, it can be surmised that Yamada is basically like Smith or Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's very yeah. basic. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, afterwards, uh, Diokaze or Takefumi, uh, sees, uh, um, Masaru outside of the gym and, um, Masaru just berates him saying that how can alien Pikoriko be real? Mm. Um, I believe that, uh, yeah, that maybe Takefumi is the one who told, um, Nico earlier about, uh, Pikoriko. So of course it comes back to Pikoriko in the end. Except it's not the except it's not the end because there's one more segment left. Uh, it's the last N and T segment. It's Nochi's dream, which takes place in a gorgeous forest. Um, Nochi is um, in this weird fur suit, 
um, with platinum blonde hair, and she's playing. So she's playing the violin, but the violin sounds don't come out. It's sort of like this weird didgeridoo mm-hmm. yeah. type uh, type sound. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's didgeridoo. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Yeah, and these uh, there's a priest and and a little kid behind a table, like a mixing table, and um, there's these three DJ girls who are. Um, they're working the knobs on the trees and stuff like that, which I thought was so cool. I was um, so excited when they showed up because it, I love the homeroom segments and I kept being like, man, I wish we got something with these like jet set radio <laughs> DJ yeah. commando girls <laughs> with their yeah. like puffy jackets and fingerless gloves. And then we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's another big musical segment and uh, it's really fucking rad. Yeah. And that's basically how the movie closes. Yeah, it goes back out to them in the oh, real right. world dancing together uh, yeah. to music, which I thought was a sweet way to wrap that up. Like yeah. maybe they each told they each told a story of each of their dreams, which involved music that was different from one another. But then they were able to kind of like find music to dance to together, you know, type thing. Yeah, uh, I like the, the framing of the of the forest thing because each of those DJ girls is framed. They're like aliens, but one of each of them is like kind of this goddess of a certain uh, collection of sounds, mm-hmm. like sounds of nature, yeah. sounds of animals, and sounds of humanity. Yeah, yeah I loved that. Like It's a cool a little, little mythology. Yeah. And I, I do wonder if that is the uh, titular nice forest, nice zoo forest. Mm. That, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I figured, because, like, yeah, the funky forest, I was like, oh, because it's got funky sounds in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Well, the music is really awesome too. It's yeah, something no, I could really groove to. I want to play uh, Tetris Effect to it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that does it for for the synopsis of Funky Forest. Now let's fucking talk about it. Um, it was pretty we, uh, fun hearing you try to uh, make sense of what <laughs> what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to describe yeah, I it, I guess best. I should say. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> I fully hope that everybody who listened to this watched it beforehand. Um, it is on YouTube. All of it's on YouTube. Uh, subbed and all. Uh, it's, so, you know. It was an official a, U.S. DVD release, but I think it's incredibly hard to find mm-hmm. or expensive. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into our, our, our uh, impressions, here's a couple fun facts. Um, when it came out, it apparently garnered a huge cult following. Um before it hit home video in the US because it was shown at Fantastic Fest. Mm. And um, and when I was going through it, I was looking through all the reviews and people love this movie. Um, there are very few that are like, this movie sucks or like, this movie's not funny. Mm. It's like, it, people just, I think people love the absurdity of it. Um, uh, who said this? Uh, yeah, um, Morishita says in the behind the scenes, part of the aim is to make this was to make this movie a musical. Okay. <laughs> Um, let's see here. What else did I write down? Uh, the, so the tree alien, uh, the face model was, uh, Iki Todoroki. Um, and, uh, something that I noted in the behind the scenes segment and, um, want to go for a drink. The scene where the, uh, where the hose like goes into her belly button, not her belly button. Uh, that's, uh, there was, there was like a green screen dummy. It was a dummy that had like green screen behind it. Hmm. Um, so that way they are able to like sort of pull the, the, the hose through. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. Pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, those, uh, oh yeah. And, um, Ano, uh, 
apparently made all of the uh, illustration-related props. Hmm. Um, he drew them himself, which I think is neat. Uh, and um, bup, 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 and that's it. Uh, those are all the, the mm-hmm. fun. Oh, yeah, and Erica, uh, Erica Simon can actually play the violin as well. Oh, cool. Um, yep. Yeah, that seems to be kind of like uh, a, a big eclectic group of people in this movie that some are dancers that were hired for those skills and some were, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were kind of like, oh, here's an actress that I know who can also play violin or something like that. Yeah. Oh, so now that we're talking about it, uh, what'd you guys think? Joey, you sort of uh, started earlier. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, let's see. My general thoughts are, you know, it's this sort of pretty cliche thing to say, but, you know, the same issue that comes up with anthologies all the time that I like some of it better than others. Um, I'd say that overall, uh, just personally, I kind of liked side A better than side B, <laughs> even though B is where it starts to get really crazy and, and interesting and, and is really what makes the movie stand out. Um, I just felt more attached at the beginning to the characters of what, and it, it was a little bit sweeter, which is kind of more my taste. And uh, I, you know, I was very endeared to the Guitar Brothers, like I said, and 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 Takefumi and Nochi's relationship was interesting to me, and, and I liked those uh, the 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 saleswomen or whatever the the vixens um <laughs> even uh with it erupting with the pillow fights and stuff i thought that was really funny um and then you know it starts to get more crazy uh, more nutty and uh and i just didn't you know connect with it as much and i didn't like the so the alien creature stuff is what i would file under those thing like a thing that's uh, that i think is great and I like that it exists, but I personally hated it. Like, I just didn't <laughs> <laughs> like watching it. You know, I was just like, oh, gross. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, so it's not the kind of thing that I'm like, why did they do this? They shouldn't have made this thing. It's just kind of like, I think it's awesome that these three creators could come together and make this awesome thing that is totally crazy. But it's just like not quite 100 percent for me, you know, Um uh, yeah, but you know, I did, I did love like, um, all the dancing in it and the music as we've mentioned and the performances are really great. Um, so, you know, I'd say my feelings on it are pretty uneven. Um, but, but I think that it's a cool thing, I guess is the way I would say. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I, I think the movie itself is a little uneven and this podcast is a little uneven this episode because it's, <laughs> it's it, the nature of it's the, yeah, it's the nature of funky forest. And I think we're all rolling with it. Uh, Scott, uh, I'm pretty much on the same page with Joey. Um, I, I feel like overall I like side a better, just the, the, the Miki stuff I'm not super into and it's, like I like Cronenberg stuff, but I usually like it when that kind of gross out stuff is is trying to say something or to a point instead of just being weird to be there or be gross. Um, but like it's cool that so much of it is practical effects. And even though that like they they do integrate some CG stuff, the the amount of which is very clearly like gross props and stuff is pretty cool. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a cool thing to exist, but I feel like they were, if they had a different third director, it might've been closer to something like fish story. Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe not in terms of telling a coherent narrative, but having a more coherent theme of that, that musicality throughout the whole movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the stuff I do like, I like a whole lot and mm-hmm. which is most of the movie. So, yeah. Um, overall, I really liked it. I, I thought it was very confusing at first, but, um, but in a good way, it sort of, uh, took me back to the early two thousands when I was first starting to get into J film. And this is the kind of movie that I think I would have gone absolutely nuts for back then. Yeah, totally. Uh, my, my tastes of course have since, you know, changed quite dramatically, but this was oddly nostalgic watching, mm. uh, mostly because I had a huge, like I, I had a huge admiration for, uh, uh, Sano at the time as well. Um, and I probably would have searched this movie out too, if I had, um, you know, be more cognizant of it. Yeah. His, his uh, role is really small, but like, it's very like, it has a good feel. It has that sort of nice <laughs> feeling whenever he's on screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, um, I don't know that there's all the I- Ishii parts, uh, feel a lot more real, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like you buy it a lot more. I think we mentioned this, we kind of mentioned this in when we talked about all of the segments that he did direct that like the chemistry between the actors in those segments is very, is, isn't weird. Um, I mean, it can be, but it's, it seems very genuine. Yeah. And I think he takes them to a very genuine, uh, but still, um, kind of out there place. Uh, and yeah, Miki, the Miki stuff is, definitely just weird for weird sake, but it's been a long time since I've sort of, uh, you know, digested anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, I was for it. Um, like honestly, the, the weirder, the better at this point, like, Hey, as long as you are doing this weird blood sucker that has a weird (laughs) head tree penis monster inside of it, like, you know, lean into that more. Like as long as you're, yeah, as long as you're, um, doing that just just keep on trucking um <laughs> i i do really love how uh the nochi and takifumi uh segments ended um with them just sort of hanging out at the very end of the movie so it, it, it for, sort of felt like yeah this is the end of the movie like mm-hmm. this entire movie was their was their journey uh even though it starts with the mole brothers <laughs> um yeah i i don't know if i'm inclined to like side a better than side b just because, so I really love the babbling hot springs vixens. That's probably my favorite segment. But I also absolutely love homeroom. I was like clapping and just <laughs> I was carrying around the entire time. Like those segments were on. I loved that. Um, so uh, for me, I guess I like the whole album. Yeah, <laughs> just as as is. I think it the the way everything ebbs and flows. I think works works like a you know like a prog rock album or something like that. You know. Yeah, I, I was kind of sad that the 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 vixens don't come back into uh, don't have a segment inside B, but it yeah. like makes the them dropping out of the um, singles picnic like have that much more of a like impact kind of that you're like oh, yeah they're just gone they were great yeah and now they're gone. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so uh, favorite favorite parts, favorite scenes. Uh, go for uh, it, Scott. Um, I, I feel like homeroom is all of our favorite parts, but I, it's not what I want to talk about the most. So I'll talk about the the crazy beach dance scene. Um, just like the set design, the actual 
dancing, um, some of the music, not, I'm not that into the Chinese reggae, um, but most of the music in that scene is incredibly cool. Uh, the professional dancers are really awesome. And then you get the, the Noid versus tunes dance off <laughs> at the end of that sequence. <laughs> uh, and like, that's so cool. Uh, not outfit. And, and that is really neat. And she's got that kind of otherworldly presence when Takafumi goes to talk to her and is calling her by name. She keeps going like, I'm not Nachi. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause like dream logic and stuff. Uh, but yeah, and, and his outfit in that and how it keeps getting progressively more gross as he's rolling around on the beach dancing. Like that entire scene just feels like a feat on so many levels and, and hearing that they actually filmed that uh, all over a single night is even more impressive. Um, so I think uh, even though I, I think that Homeroom is, is actually the best part of the movie, I think that that one is the most uh, impressive to me. Mm. How about you, Joey? Well, we've got a match. That's what I was going to talk about. Was uh, was Takafumi's <laughs> dream? Um, I was kind of a toss up for me between his and Nochi's dream. Like uh, both of their dreams are really great, but his is the one that I really like liked the most because it also addressed their relationship uh, with and had uh, <clears throat> you know as well as the like really great set and all the stuff that Scott mentioned. I even like the Chinese reggae. Um, I, I, I did also like that it had some heart, uh, with him kind of like, um, you know, his feelings for her, like, or he, he's kind of grasping for this connection, uh, between him and her. And you feel that in that dream and you kind of get the sense that maybe that's why he's telling her about that dream. Um, and so, yeah, I, and like I mentioned, I like how it kind of all comes together at the end with them dancing together. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, the subtext of their whole relationship is that like they're kind of hanging out and is like Takafumi is a, a little bit of a horn dog and and wants to kind of move things along and and Nuchi is like kind of holding back but in that dream he starts he's he's trying to get anything out of her aside from her telling him to dance and saying I'm not Nuchi and he I can't remember what he is saying over and over again but eventually he changes what he's saying of like uh, asking like what about your feelings about me mm -hmm. and and then that's when she stops telling him to dance or stops uh, responding the way she is and like looks away from him zips the hoodie back up and says and says like show me your dancing and mm -hmm. just goes back to this kind of like robotic. I'm, I'm not here. That is like a little heartbreaking in the moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and you also get the sense that like the reason why she keeps not accepting his other dances is because maybe he's not like putting himself fully into it or like, um, uh, being honest or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It has a lot of like layers to it, which I thought was cool as well as like looking great and having great music and dancing and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite part of this movie because there's so many elements of it that I really love. Um, one of the things that I love the most, I think is, is the interconnected stuff. Uh, like for example, that guitar brother segment where, um, you can hear Katsuichi practice dancing in the background <laughs> and they're just calling him out for being really lame um like that kind of stuff uh that's uh like 
to show exactly how like all of these things are sort of connected with each other um is the thing that i like the most about it like you find like you keep seeing uh katsuichi and masaru in different places um like you find out that katsuichi is a teacher like and like he's all over the movie like you sort of see his his journey a little bit um admittedly yeah my favorite i think my favorite relationship in the movie between uh between characters is a toss-up between the brothers and um and nochi and takifumi like the the end is so sweet um Mm -hmm. like it makes you almost want to watch a whole movie with these two characters uh so i yeah there's got so much so much this movie i really like um but uh god if i had to pick a favorite part 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 um i've watched alien pico rico a bunch like that just her just talking to the other two and there's something Mm. that's that's like really relatable about that in particular where she's just very like she is so into the story that she's telling and she's relaying it to them in in such a way that like real people normally do i don't know if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, like um and i guess the pillow fight that yeah. erupts from I love how the like attendants like immediately come rushing in like as if they were outside their room being like I think there's some something going on in here. I don't know. Uh, Staying in a Ryokan, those are pretty they're they're both pretty quiet and not that big, so I can yeah. I find it believable that they would yeah. come rushing that fast once yeah. a bunch of drunk girls start fighting. <laughs> I um just that image of one of the attendants' faces is burned in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> she just looks so upset. That's <laughs> um, uh, super an, funny. Another thing with the three of them, I think my favorite like uh, connective tissue between segments is when they are actually talking about Takafumi and his uh, UFO encounter, and they say that he has two uh, two uvulas, but that mm. he doesn't talk about yeah. it or or relate it to the UFO encounter, and so that's how you know it's real. Uh, that the UFO encounter is real because he doesn't, he's not like embellishing things, yeah. even though he easily could, uh, mm-hmm. which I find a, a just kind of like funny little, mm-hmm. little thing. I, I, I do wonder if you, uh, if you put these segments in a particular order, if they would make more sense. Um, probably not though. I don't know. They mm-hmm. kind of build on each other in a way. I think that they're kind of in the right order because they yeah. build, uh, in a way that 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 helps, where you can kind of fill things in, and they lead to these kind of big moments, like the, mm. um, like the picnic, the and singles stuff. picnic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's actually kind of funny, like when you think about that. Like writing something like that has to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I, I, uh, I would, uh, it would be, I don't know if it's too much to call this movie a work of genius, but I think that like you get three, three guys together. <laughs> to write a movie and um and it becomes this like and it works Mm -hmm. like it's not a complete mess which is crazy uh yeah you know how much we're kind of commenting Uh, you were saying that a lot of it's uh improv and like um and a lot of it does feel kind of very natural like just people hanging out like you, you really get the sense that like the three people who made this and probably a lot of the people on screen like are friends and get along and collaborate well, like really well together. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know um, uh, at the very least that uh, Tadanobu Asano and Ishii and uh, uh, Yoshiyuki Morishita are uh, all frequent collaborators. So I wouldn't be surprised. And and the fact that like a lot of the characters weirdly have just like the person's name for their character name mm-hmm. um, that like they're just like, hey, I know this guy. We can we can get him to show up and do this, do this bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it does feel like that maybe it was people like this was more of a collaborative effort than a lot of movies tend to be in terms of like everybody like are coming in with some buy-in initially instead of showing up to do a job. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, uh, so I guess the next segment, uh, is shall we dance? And, um, let's cut, talk about Kentucky fried movie. Cause <laughs> I, I, I've, I've never seen Kentucky fried movie, mm-hmm. but I do. You have I know never seen Kentucky fried movie. Can you believe it? <laughs> I feel like you would love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it seems like I would like, it was one of like the first big, like, you know, parody movies, right? Like it's so, you know, seventies, it's the first movie by the people that made airplane. Um, okay. So it's very uh, much along that line and it's basically structured around the main set piece is this like parody of, um, a Bruce Lee movie with the enter the dragon. Right. Um, and but surrounding it are the like trailers, quote unquote, and ads and stuff that you would see before a movie. But that take up about half of the runtime of Kentucky Fried mm-hmm. Movie. And so it is like a lot of these parodies and stuff. Yeah. Um, There's a couple that that bust in in the middle of other mm-hmm. other scenes. So it has that same kind of feeling uh, of these like little segments, like you kind of feel like you're watching TV um, and it all kind of leads to this kind of one main set piece, which I don't know is kind of the, I, I don't know if the, uh, enter the dragon part is the p- singles picnic or maybe kind of the <laughs> dreams, uh, the, the two, the couple's dreams. But yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I had that same exact feeling, which is so funny. So what you're saying is that if there was an American version of this movie, it would, it would be something along the lines of Kentucky Fried movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Takashi Shimura Award. This might be tough. Yeah. Um, um, if anybody wants to go first. The actor who stood out the most to me, at, and it may be partially because of familiarity, but I was familiar with a bunch of the actors and actresses, is, is Susumu uh, Terajima. Like, mm-hmm. he just, I just really, like, felt very compelled uh, by his character. I loved his dance practicing in his room and <laughs> and I and I I liked his storyline a lot with the ladies at the spa and then and then going to the picnic uh, and then not showing up and he kind of plays the sad sack teacher who's kind of being made fun of a lot and whatever really well so he's the one who stood out to me uh, um, there's there's the one moment in the in one of the guitar brother scenes where it's it's guitar brother and, and the youngest brother talking and at the end of the scene Terajima busts in and is like who wants to go get noodles and it's a real like Homer Simpson frosty chocolate milkshakes moment <laughs> and it's just adorable yeah yeah he's just really lovable uh-huh. I mean yeah it's funny because I want like he was the first person to come to my mind, but I'm like, but I don't want I don't want this in because he's all over the movie. But mm-hmm. he's really great, and um, 
I'm so used to seeing him in such a serious, like serious role. And he has such great, funny faces. Mm -hmm. Um, like he looks like he's really letting loose with this movie. Like this is a fun break for him. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh good. It's not a Yakuza movie. I can (laughs) like, I can really be silly. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, Tarajima as well. Um, although I really do love, uh, Andrew Alfieri, the, uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) kid who plays Masao he's always eating Snickers and occasionally uh, Masato will be like hey give me a Snickers or Snickers me uh, and he would he would happily happily throw him a Snickers <laughs> he's got he's got one rolled up in his sleeve like a pack of cigarettes and one that he tosses to him it's so good I guess like I am we got it like I I'm so I'm shocked that we haven't talked about him more because he's just like I guess because he blends in so well yeah, it's weird because, like, in some ways he kind of feels like a prop, but, like, because he stands out, obviously, because he's an American kid and he's chubby and he's always eating Snickers and whatever. But, like, he's very, like, charming and he has that same, like, uh, he has that f- level of familiarity with uh, his other brothers that just comes off really well. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. because uh, Asano and Terajima just sell it so well. Mm-hmm. Like they're acting so genuinely across from him that like it makes him feel less out of place. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, and in, in the behind the scenes, like they had his last day of shooting and it was really sweet. Uh, like, Tadanobu, um, Asano just comes up to him and he says, Hey, we'll see each other again, man. Right. Like it was, it was really sweet. Like they were, they developed some sort of really fun bond on set and they're all very nice to each other and, uh, kids really shy. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think he did a really good job. <laughs> um, my like standout scene sealer is, uh, is, uh, Incho Kikuchi. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, like having seen Rinko Kikuchi in Pacific Rim, she's so like dour and serious throughout most of that movie yeah. and seeing her like get really uh, kind of deranged and silly in this, uh, going from button down to that, that kind of tone mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. I just really liked her getting out there and that's my favorite of the homeroom sketch. Cause it just like everybody's reaction of like, what the hell is going on with this <laughs> is uh, just yeah. the energy in that, in that specific one is a whole lot of fun and uh, makes me want to see a lot more of her stuff just see more of her range. Yeah. Um, I really did love her in this too. And that's it. These are all, all excellent um, candidates for this for this uh for this segment uh she um uh she in the behind the scenes stuff was talking about how she had so much fun making the movie and mm-hmm. i guess you know sometimes you have to be polite and you have to say that kind of stuff but she generally looks like she's having a good time uh and, and i think that's really cool uh, i i have a feeling that we're going to be seeing a lot more of her in, in the coming years uh in terms of the movies that we do just because i don't know the way the way these uh these episodes tend to work is that like, Oh, we see somebody who's a standup performer and in a particular movie. And then we, um, and then we want to see them in more stuff. So we just add them to our list or we just keep kind of running into them. Like sometimes it's like not even on purpose. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something. uh, I didn't. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't know Taraji was in this movie. Um, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about this movie other than it was weird. And you know what? Um, something that I was going to bring up uh, about the sort of differences between side A and side B, like 
I remember distinctly having the thought like, you know, people said this movie is weird, but it's not that weird. And then when we like get to Takafumi's dream and I'm like, I guess this is weird. Like this is a dream though. So of course it's weird. And then we get to side B and it's like, oh yeah, here we go. (laughs) I had the same sort of weird progression too. Yeah. So I had seen the trailer for this movie. Like I I knew it by reputation because I've got a bunch of uh, friends who are like, real cult cinema people and watch a lot of more exploitation side Japanese film than I do um, who were, who knew and liked this movie and had recommended it. And so I had seen the trailer, but the trailer is actually almost entirely the, the gross out Miki sections. Hmm. So mm-hmm. like I went in thinking that that was this whole movie. So finding <laughs> like when it opens up with the mole brothers and then eventually gets to guitar brother, I was just like, okay, this is not what I was expecting. This is so like, it was weird <laughs> in a very different way than, yeah. than I was prepared for. And then when the Miki stuff shows up on side B, I was like, Oh, here's all that. Like, <laughs> gross stuff with tentacles and, and dicks and whatnot. Well, at least it's in one section. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised uh, to, to find out that that was not the tone of the whole movie, even though I'd have been on board if, mm-hmm. if it was, um, but it was, it was fun to like get faked out by that trailer. Mm. Yeah. Um, any lingering thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Scott, did oh. you have anything else to say about uh, Homeroom since we didn't end up focusing on that at all? The favorite parts? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's like the the music, uh, mm-hmm. it, it get, I can't remember it off the top of my head now, but it like tells you who the music is by. Yeah, something Texaco, like, I remember. Like, yeah, it's like the Texaco Leatherman or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Um, it's God, just this, I completely like, forgot about that. Screaming, uh, fast-paced punk ish stuff and the 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 title card with the how many exclamation points was it no, they would like run off the actually screen count. They? <laughs> like yeah yeah it just keeps going just like i would pay so much money for just a dvd with like 20 of those on it they're so good <laughs> oh, yeah. i just i i just have like a near infinite appetite for more of those shorts um and just like Ano being front and center in each of those each yeah. of those things, and when you're you're seeing the class, it's just like I don't know. It was really really funny and and goofy, and like I love that that style of of semi absurdist humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, just I just want so much more of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I <laughs> I have a hankering for it now. Um, yeah, uh, so that was Funky Forest. I strongly suggest anybody to go and seek out the behind-the-scenes stuff because I think it's legitimately interesting, and um, if you've seen the movie and you like it, then it's um, it's a really cool supplemental uh, to it. And the thing that I thought was really cool um, about watching that is that the directors look like they're having so much fun, and every everybody on set doesn't look stressed at all. Everybody's just looking like they're sort of playing around like it seemed like a very fun environment to work uh to work on or to work within and um and that like kind of made made this experience even better for me um so uh with that uh what do we have next month joey 
Next month, uh, we're going to be watching Abashiri Prison or The Walls of Abashiri Prison or A Man from Abashiri Prison. <laughs> uh, we'll decide by next month what we're going to call it. It has a lot of uh, it's from 1965. It doesn't have an uh, official English title because this is unfortunately one that does not have an official English release. Uh, we like to occasionally cover that stuff uh, that's not widely available just to kind of broaden our own horizons and maybe get folks interested in what could be licensed in the future. Um, but in uh, in January, we covered uh, the yellow handkerchief uh, to some mixed reaction. But we I think we could all agree that Ken Takakura was great in it. So I thought it would be cool to uh, take us back to the movie that made him a star in Japan. Uh, so, yeah, this is a prison prison movie. Uh, Yakuza movie to some extent um, uh, starring Ken Takakura. Awesome. That sounds that sounds like a rocking good time. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so it's plug time uh, and time to say goodbye. So Scott, where can the good people out there find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at Friskachat. V r i s k a c h a t. All right. Uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at Dude Exclamation. Um, also at Weeb Simpsons. I occasionally shitpost on that account. Uh, if like Simpsons and and uh, anime, manga, gaming, whatever, whatever Japan related, you're gonna like it. Um, please go to superartfight.com/merch and buy Cute Animals on Fire, the card game that I worked on. Um, and uh, listen to me wait, uh, weekly on the <laughs> One Piece podcast. Uh, and Joey, where can people find you and us? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Joey Weiser or Instagram, Joey Weiser Comics. Um, tragicplanet.com with a tragic hyphen planet.com is uh, how you find my portfolio site. Um, check out my graphic novels, uh, the Merman book series, and coming in May is Ghost Hog. Uh, please uh, pre-order that now. Uh, I believe April in April is the final order order cutoff uh, for uh, comic book stores and retailers to get their pre-orders in. So let people know that you want that. Um, and there's a free comic book day issue of it coming out uh, too uh, in early May. So look out for that. Um, as for Toho Yaro, uh, we're on Twitter at Toho Yaro. Uh, Toho Yaro has a Facebook account. You can email us at tohoyaro at gmail.com. And please subscribe, rate, and review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, also, a reminder, if you um, want to tell people about us, please do. That's an excellent thing to do. Uh, we're on Spotify now, so it's even easier to listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, favorite Toho guys talk about um, Japanese films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also please uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it. Uh, it helps uh, people find us and um, increases our listener base. And who doesn't want that? <laughs> uh, so uh, please stay tuned next month for Abashiri Prison. Go on picnic. Go on picnic. Go on picnic. Asatewa, go on picnic.